Hello, hello, and welcome to the Badass Fertility Podcast. I'm Katherine Bregman, and I am so glad you're here. If you're tuning in today, that means you are on the journey to your baby, and odds are it's not looking the way you'd hoped or expected. We at the Badass Fertility Podcast, we feel you, my friend. I struggled for years to have my daughter, enduring miscarriage, two egg retrievals with no genetically normal eggs, a laundry list of physical quote-unquote obstacles, which are legitimate, right, including endometriosis, and I was constantly being reminded by my doctor, honestly, that I wasn't getting any younger. But when I stepped back from the noise of the fertility world and the chaotic you know, experience that it put in my brain and my physical, my being, I really began focusing on learning to trust myself, consider carefully what I really thought and believed to be true. And I started doing the things that my body in one way or another had kept telling me I needed. And I promise, you know what those things are. Even if you think you don't, you do. When I did all of that, I got pregnant within six months. I am not kidding you. After years of struggle. And I started this podcast because I know, I know I am not unique. I am not special. I am not an exception to the rule. My story can be your story too. It can be your story too. There's nothing special about me and getting pregnant wasn't a fluke. There's nothing special, no offense to my ladies who are listening, there is nothing special about my ladies who defy the odds other than the fact that they learned the principles and committed to practicing the principles that made it possible. And I'm not talking about some sort of like magic, hocus pocus, whatever, okay? When I'm talking about principles, I am talking about logical, linear, proven acts, proven ways of being that positively impact your results. So stop telling yourself if you're saying, well, that was special for her, but it can't be special for me. If that was your first thought, then you really need to be here. You really do. And I'm so, so glad that you are. All right. So I didn't just get lucky. I got super freaking serious about learning and applying the principles that changed the way I thought and acted. And that changed my results. And I have seen it happen with the women who I have taught these principles to. The same thing occurs. It's this piece of the fertility puzzle that is actually a lot more simple than we think it is, right? It's simple, but it's not easy. So on this podcast, we dive into the principles that I'm talking about, and we do it in a high vibe way while also providing down to earth information that can help you navigate your journey to become the mom you are meant to be. We offer inspiration and practical, practical, okay? We're all about the practical here, tools every week so that you can practice and apply the principles that set you up for success no matter what, 
Okay, so if you're looking for practical tools right away, go ahead and check the show notes right now. I have included in today's show notes this really cool PDF download, and it is so important at this time of year because it is the best. I am talking like foolproof comeback to foolish questions that you get asked on your journey. If you have not downloaded this PDF already, hit pause on the podcast, jump on down to the show notes, show notes, get it on your laptop, mobile, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast right now. If you're driving, uh, you know, do it after you're done driving. But I swear, I wish I had this when I was trying to conceive. I mean, I just, I never knew how to respond to those questions like, do you want to have kids? What the fuck? Do I want to have kids? I'm like stabbing myself in my stomach every night with artificial hormones in hopes to have kids. And you don't fucking know that because I'm not going to tell you that. But don't ask me that freaking question, right? That was what I wanted to say. But what I actually said was probably something like, oh, you know, I mean, if it happens, you know, and you just like kind of smile and nod and it feels fake and it feels untrue to your experience, but the vulnerability that you are experiencing in that moment, like obliges you to protect yourself and not disclose too much. So one of the things that I know is a really big pain point for women on this journey, I mean, aside from all of the really heavy shit that you're going through, is this other stuff over here, the social side, like, what do you say when people ask you those ridiculous questions that by now we should all know not to ask, right? And I'm not saying this to knock the people who do ask it. I really do believe that people are either just trying to make conversation or they're well-intentioned, but it doesn't take away the sting and it doesn't mean that it's easy to answer. But um, without going on too much of a tangent, because this this is connected to today's show, but I want to wrap up this point real quick and then dive into the topic. Um when it comes to answering those types of questions, there is a strategy that you can use that is highly effective. I mean, it's not just a strategy you can use on the living room couch with, you know, Uncle Joe or Grandma Myrtle. Um, It's also something that people actually use in courtrooms. Like it's like a psychological tactic that you need to be aware of so that you can feel like you've got this trick, you know, for lack of a better word, in your back pocket. And you don't have to feel stressed about those foolish questions again. It is a foolproof comeback. Check it out in the show notes. Okay, so this week we are talking about an issue that kind of connects to what I was just saying. So like when you're sitting on the couch and you're feeling that experience of like, oh, you know, well, I mean, if we're just going to see what happens, you know, regarding having kids when the truth of the matter is you've got like hormones on ice in your car and you can't wait to like escape so you can give yourself your belly shot, right? I know you know what I'm talking about. So this connects to today's topic and the topic is, I'm just going to say it, the topic is people pleasing. And so I know you might be wondering right now, how is people pleasing connected to getting pregnant? So if you've been listening to the show, you know we are all about and broadly educated on the research that shows how much our minds affect our bodies and how our emotions can literally be stored in our cells. 
right? Which is a crazy thing. It's called cellular memory. So our body is storing our emotional experiences. It's storing our traumas. It's storing our stresses. They're all there with us until we learn how to release them, right? So, um, so I want to dive into this idea of people pleasing and poke around at it and how it could be affecting your journey to your baby. So one thing I will share is like one of the reasons I'm so obsessed with this topic is because for myself, it was a major obstacle to getting pregnant and it revealed itself on levels that were um, immediate and obvious as well, like in terms of emotions, but also on physical levels later in life as well. Um, some of which really directly connected to my fertility struggles. So I'm the middle child of three girls and my dad passed away when I was really young. I was two and a half years old. And I was kind of through that experience, I think subconsciously socialized into the role of people pleaser. And so this is kind of like an extreme example. We all have it to a certain extent, but I want to just kind of illustrate a point here. So I saw my mom going through a really hard time and never wanted to be more of a burden. So I learned that by looking to other people's needs, putting those people's needs first, it tended to make them happy, right? And then I would be rewarded with love and appreciation. So I spent most of my life, honestly, until my mid thirties, when I started trying to conceive and had to like peel back the layers of this onion that was my reality, right? So I spent most of my life this way to the point where a very good friend of mine once commented somewhat annoyed and said, Catherine, you're always looking at what everyone wants and you never say what you want. And I remember being so surprised by that because I was like, I always thought that's what good friends do. I thought that's what it meant to be like a good friend, a good sister, a good daughter, a good wife, a good girlfriend, whatever, right? But you don't have to undergo major trauma at an early age in order to be, be a people pleaser. Sorry, spoiler alert. You probably have this tendency ingrained in yourself in one way or another because you really just have to grow up in a family, a culture, a society where you never learn how to sit with uncomfortable feelings or where you're basically trained, so to speak, to avoid those uncomfortable feelings at all costs. Like, for example, okay, I'll just go to the party because it's easier than having to explain why I can't or having, you know, risking people being annoyed with me that I didn't show up or think that I'm somehow being a flaky friend. Or I really know I don't want to go to that baby shower, right? I know we've all felt that one before. But I feel like it'll be too hard or awkward or I'll feel guilty if I don't go. So again, it's putting someone else's needs ahead of your own. And you might be saying to me, well, Catherine, isn't that a good thing? And the answer is yes and no, right? And, and so to a certain extent, yes, of course, sometimes it is a healthy thing to put people's needs ahead of our own. But as you will find as we go through this podcast, it's really not such a logical thing. It's more about how you feel about it. So what is the underlying feeling that you are getting from the experience of putting someone else ahead of you? Is it a true, genuine satisfaction or is it a repressed emotion? Is it frustration that you're swallowing that might be leading to inflammation, 
right? I mean, like we can take all the anti-inflammatory supplements we want to take, but at the end of the day, if we are not speaking our truth and, you know, living in a transparent way that aligns with what's going on inside and aligns that with what's going on outside, we're going to continue to stay inflamed. I mean, it's really interesting because I actually, I got inspired to cover this topic, not only from, you know, my own experience, but from a doctor, Dr. Neha Sangwan, who I will put her name and her recent book also in the show notes. So she's an internal medicine physician and a best-selling author and a very accomplished researcher. So this is not like some fly-by-night, you know, scientist here. She is a well-respected and accomplished physician and researcher. And she has found that people pleasing is at the root of 80% of diseases. 80% of diseases. Okay. So her new book is called Powered by Me, just as a side note. But let that sink in. Heart disease, inflammation, thyroid issues. These are in undeniable undoubtedly connected to our thoughts, feelings, and actions, hormonal imbalance, sleep problems, right? They deeply affect the fertility journey. Now, you're probably responding in two ways, like, oh my God, this explains so much, or what the fuck? Who is this person? Where did she get her statistic? And why should I even believe her? So to that response, I'd say very good discernment. You should be asking all those questions. Check the show notes for where you can find more about her and her research because you should always do your research. Do not take my word for it. Do your homework, right? Um, And I'd also say, when did you last say yes when you really meant no? If you're not driving, I want to do a little experiment with you right now. If you are driving, just kind of do it with your eyes open. But go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. Take yourself back to the moment, any moment, when you said yes, when you really meant no. Remind yourself, what was going on? Where were you? Who were you with? What was being discussed? What were you asked And what did you say? Now, how did it feel to say yes when you really meant no? You need to learn to decipher your own body's way of giving you signals that you mean no. So what physical sensations came up in your body? Maybe you felt queasy. Maybe you felt tense. Maybe you dissociated and felt nothing because you numbed out. But chances are you did not feel that elated sense of lightness when we say yes to something we really want and feel that surge of joy because it's actually happening. My guess is that didn't happen. So where on your journey is this showing up? I want you to consider the impact of this people pleasing on two different levels. So one is this direct impact, like you say yes to a coffee date and then you have to go on it when you'd rather be taking care of something that feels more important, right? And then there's the less obvious impact that actually has a much longer lasting effect. And that is the stress placed on your body of doing something you don't want to do. 
So think back to how you felt when you said yes, but you meant no. We, how did you feel? Can you identify physical sensations that over time could be building up and causing physical ailments later on down the line? Because again, going back to what Dr. Sangwan said, 80% of disease is rooted in people pleasing. That is saying yes when we really mean no. It's so automatic. We honestly do it without realizing it. And then we suffer from stress, burnout, overwhelm, regret, you name it. And the way out of this, okay, so not to leave you like in total despair, all is not lost. There are principles, like I was talking about earlier, that we can practice that can make this a thing of the past for you, right? Or at least get you to move away from it consistently in a way that can positively impact your life. So the way out of this is to start becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable in the moment in order to feel way calmer later on. So let me say that again. You want to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because saying no is uncomfortable. We are hardwired to want to please, right? It's it's like going back to the caveman era. We want we know we need the group. We know we need to be in the pack, right? Being in the pack means doing things that for the good of the group. And somehow that can translate into doing things we don't want to do because we feel the need to please others, right? So here's an example of what happened um, when I started to realize my own people-pleasing tendencies and rather than give in to them, chose a different path. So when I was going through my first egg retrieval, I had a nurse, we'll call her Nikki, and I loved Nikki. I loved her. She was super professional, incredibly kind, and on just on a gut level, I trusted her completely. I was really glad she was my nurse, and I felt very comforted knowing that she was in charge of my protocol, and you know, I just knew she was like no nonsense and super compassionate. So early into the round of this first egg retrieval, she brought another nurse into the room. We'll call her Anne. So Anne looked to me like she was seriously like super young, like like 16 years old or something. Like I thought she was like a kid, but she was probably actually in her early 20s. Um, but she was clearly like new, right? Nikki told me, Nikki's the nurse that I loved, told me Anne, the newbie, was training. And would it be okay if she observed? And I did, honestly didn't love it. But I was ultimately okay with it because I thought, well, she's in nursing school. So, of course, if she's in nursing school and she needs to, like, observe real-life nursing, then fine. I'm not going to, like, stand in the way of her education. So, whatever. So, the next time I come in for my ultrasound, a couple days later, Nikki wasn't there. Nikki, the nurse I love, wasn't there. It was Anne. Anne was there by herself. And I was like immediately upset. I was like, I asked her, where's Nikki? And she told me, Nikki wasn't there today. She was the nurse on duty. And I'm not, I don't remember if I directly said, I thought you were like in nursing school, but I was just like, I need to have 100% trust in my team. And I just didn't feel that way about Anne. So in the past, I probably would have swallowed my frustration and fear by telling myself I was overreacting or being too demanding and I should trust the clinic and go along with it. 
And I'm wondering if perhaps you have any experiences like that as well. Okay, but that was the past. And the new version of myself knew that I was in charge of my fertility team. My instincts matter. My feelings about which nurse is giving me an ultrasound and prescribing my meds matter. Not because they're petty, but because they are anything but petty. They are actually signals from my inner knowing that I need to respond to because they're either informed on a higher level and know something I don't, or they mean nothing. But since they're stressing me out, it's my job to do whatever it takes to genuinely, not artificially by pretending it doesn't matter, but genuinely relieve that stress. So what did I do? I went home. And I wrote that goddamn clinic a motherfucking email. And I told them I did not feel comfortable with Anne. She was perfectly nice, but struck me as inexperienced and not up to the job. And I requested to only have Nikki moving forward. Now, if you know me, this is like totally outside the realm of how I would have been before my fertility journey. And honestly, it's one of the reasons why, among so many reasons, I'm grateful for it. You can be grateful for this journey and you can be grateful for the things that you're learning because I promise you, when you hold that baby in your arms, you are going to be a stronger, more empowered mother than you ever would have been if you hadn't endured this struggle. So guess what? I got Nikki. And not only that, but I was able to sit with the discomfort of being the quote unquote patient, right? And sorry, that patient, I was able to sit with the discomfort. I'm like, what? I was able to sit with the discomfort of being that patient, like that patient who like, you know, is demanding and ultimately just decided it didn't matter. Like I didn't, I was way less uncomfortable being quote unquote, like that patient than I would have been to have to be stressing out every time I was driving to the clinic, wondering like, am I going to get Nikki or am I going to get Anne? I would have been obsessing over it. Whereas that sort of, you know, mild discomfort of wondering, oh, you know, does Nikki think I'm annoying or like a pain? I mean, that was so small, so small compared to how I would have felt if I hadn't expressed myself. So I know that was like a really long and in-depth example of people pleasing, but I really wanted to spend time on it because I think it's so critical and applicable to the fertility journey because there's so many moments like that that come up for you when you're going through this. And like I said earlier, we are socialized to convince ourselves that it's our job to be okay with whatever's going on, even though something inside of us is screaming, hell no. So part of this journey is learning how to say hell no, when you know inside it's a hell no, right? So I always tell my ladies, it's either a hell yes or it's a hell no. And guess what? If it's not a hell yes, it's a fucking hell no. All right. So to review, people pleasing is not just being a yes person, right? It's getting in this practice of putting other people's needs or desires ahead of your own in order to avoid the discomfort of expressing what you actually want. So we're sitting with this idea of we've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because ultimately 
That is what will make us more comfortable. Sounds kind of twisty, but it's definitely true. So the long-term effects of this program behavior, this idea of avoiding discomfort, like immediate discomfort, right? Of saying no, of saying, I don't like that, of saying, I want something different, right? With the long-term effects of being programmed to avoid that actually shows up in all sorts of physical side effects because of the long-term impact it has on our bodies, right? Plus, you don't get what you want in the short term, right? So your journey to your baby is indeed a journey. And I really, really want you to start thinking about how often people-pleasing could actually be setting you off on all kinds of unnecessary detours, right? You're going to get to your baby. You're going to get there. The question is, how long is it going to take? Can you learn certain principles that are going to help you avoid the pitfalls that slow you down from getting to where you really are meant to be? You are meant to be a mom. If you are listening to this podcast, if you feel the desire in your heart to show up and listen and learn and do the work, this is meant for you. And the way that we have been programmed to live in certain ways could also be slowing you down right? So that's why this mindset stuff is so key. I mean, we cannot afford to not pay attention to it. So next time you're in a situation where you think you might be people pleasing, or you feel like you're not sure what it is you actually want or feel in a particular situation, let's say something really easy, your friend wants to go out for coffee, right? And you're kind of like, yes, mm, no, mm, I don't know. Stop. Just stop. Take a moment, just pause, simple pause, no pressure, no big deal. It's not like some deep meditative thing. You're just taking a pause, just pause. Ask yourself without judgment of what quote unquote should be the answer. Okay, so there's no judgment here. There's no right, there's no wrong. It's just simply, okay, what do I want right now? How do I feel? Does the idea of going for coffee make me feel good? Does it make me feel heavy? right? Heaviness is often a sign of a hell no. Do I want this? Do I want that? Sometimes just taking that few moments to tune into what your heart is telling you absolutely just clarifies the situation. And if you're still confused, you can ask yourself, is this a hell yes? If it isn't a hell yes, then it's a hell no. So when you learn to live these principles, you are less prone to taking accidental detours on your way to your baby. It's so key, my love. I really, I just, I, oh, I wish I could just hammer this into everybody's head because when you learn it, it's really powerful stuff. It really is. I mean, the number of times that I have heard from clients telling me if only I had advocated for myself sooner, if only I had insisted on having the test that I always believed I needed. I know for myself, it was that self-advocacy that got me to my baby. It's not a joke. It's not something to brush off. This is real deal stuff that needs to be attended to. All right. So I hope that this sheds some light 
on any sources of confusion for you today. I hope that it's leaving you with a sense of empowerment and increased capacity to make decisions that align with your highest truth because that's what's going to make you a magnet for your baby. All right. So I hope that today's show resonates and gives you some insight into your own journey and how to live it in a way that that gets you the result you, you deserve that's meant for you. And if you made it to the end of this episode, then you are meant to be a mom because the desire in your heart is strong enough to push you to show up and listen. And I hope you'll like and follow this show and so that you can tune in weekly to absorb all of these principles. They're not magic but they do work like a charm when you develop the willingness to learn them and apply them consistently in your life. Your journey will change and you will be closer to bringing your beautiful baby home in your arms. So just a quick reminder, while you're waiting for your gorgeous bundle of joy, dealing with annoying questions is really hard. So as I talked about earlier in the podcast, be sure to check those show notes. I am Um, making available to you free today this awesome little PDF download that is oh so important with the holidays coming up. It's the, even if, you know, you're not observing holidays, doesn't matter. You're encountering this in your daily life, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, among your friends, your family, whomever. I'm talking foolproof comeback to foolish questions you get asked on this journey. I swear, I wish I had this when I was TTC. Um, you know, I want every woman who is daunted by the unnecessary advice and questions from clueless loved ones. I wish every woman who had to deal with that, which is all of us had this in her back pocket. And the last thing I want to say is please remember every day is bringing you closer to your baby every day. I'll see you next week, my love.